I mentioned that I have an illustration this morning about something that I just never have really studied and I didn't know this and so I'm going to ask Jeff to start this video and while it's playing I'm going to read you something. Jeff? In the vast expanse of the cosmos Humanity's quest to unravel the mysteries of the universe has been an ongoing journey marked by breathtaking revelations and paradigm-shifting discoveries. Among the many remarkable achievements in our pursuit of cosmic knowledge, one instrument has stood as a symbol of our insatiable curiosity and relentless exploration, the Hubble Space Telescope. The Hubble Space Telescope's discovery of the true age and size of the universe is a landmark moment in the annals of science and cosmology. This discovery unveiled a profound shift in our understanding of the cosmos and is a fitting example for a postmodern audience inviting us to embark on a thrilling voyage through the depths of space and time where the universe's most en enigmatic secrets await our eager exploration. This morning I'd like to share one particular story regarding the initial launch of the Hubble telescope. Many of you might be unfamiliar with it. In 1990 the Hubble Space Telescope was launched into orbit with high expectations for advancing our understanding of the universe. However, shortly after it began sending back images, astronomers were shocked to discover that the images were not as clear as, that they, as they had hoped. The telescope had a major flaw in its primary mirror that caused blurry images. Despite this setback, a team of scientists and engineers worked tirelessly to find a solution. In 1993, a daring and complex repair mission was conducted and Hubble's vision was finally corrected. What followed was nothing short of extraordinary. Hubble began capturing breathtaking images of distant galaxies and celestial objects. But the most significant revelation came when astronomers used Hubble's data to determine the age and the size of the universe. Up until that point, it was widely believed that the universe was around 20 to 10 to 20 billion years old and that it had a finite size. However, the Hubble Space Telescope's observations revealed that the universe was actually 13.8 billion years old and it was expanding at an accelerating rate due to the mysterious force called dark energy. This discovery not only changed our perception of the universe's age, but also challenged many established theories in cosmology. And I underscore, it changed many established theories in cosmology. 
the space telescope's unveiling of the true age of the size of the universe serves as a powerful example of how even long-standing seemingly established facts can be transformed by new discoveries it highlights the importance of remaining open to new information and continuously challenging our assumptions a lesson that is particularly relevant in our postmodern age where the quest for knowledge and understanding continues to evolve okay so you're excited about space well no actually uh, this is my sort of my first foray into really looking deeply at that I, I've, I've always admire some of the incredible pictures that have come back from this telescope and now there's a new one by the way I forget just what it's called some of you would know I guess they've launched another one that's a hundred times more powerful than Hubble it's able to see 13 year light years 13 light years out into the distance yeah I don't know what all that means 13 yeah 13 million it wouldn't be just 13 so my wife she's my resident astronomer now what's so exciting about this to me is that it transitions beautifully into exactly the struggle that we have as a modern church trying to follow Jesus Christ and asking us deep and asking ourselves deep and challenging questions about the Bible because you know we've made a lot of assumptions about what it means to be a Christian what it means to read and believe the Bible and what just is it that the Bible says and does it mean this <clears throat> and why are there so many different translations and why do so many people think differently than someone else about what the Bible actually says but there's one thing that for all of time and eternity can never be contested and that is the big news and it has changed all of the universe forever and we find it starting in Revelation chapter 21 we're going to read verse 3, 4 and 5 from Revelation chapter 21 and a glorious announcement was heralded out of the throne behold God's tabernacle is with humanity if I were to ask you where's God I know where most of you would point up there right <laughs> where's God oh he's in heaven no that's not what the scripture teaches this is the glorious announcement and it's been heralded from heaven behold God's tabernacle is with humanity he has taken up permanent residence in human skin to be with them in the closest possible association of oneness they are his own possession his tribe and he is their God inseparably entwined with them that word for tabernacle in the Hebrew means skin 
God's throne is here with mankind. You are his skin. He shelters us with his presence. Verse 4. He wipes every tear from their eyes and blots out every hurtful memory and death shall be no more nor any association with it. No more mourning, no more bitter weeping, nor any reference to pain. For the former things have, what? Passed away. Say it out loud. Passed away. The word used here for blots out is the word grease or to have a stain. So in other words, just like you would remove a grease stain from your carpet or your clothing, God has taken all that is wrong with humanity and he has removed the stain. And then we have become his new dwelling place. Verse 5. And the one seated upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things See, that correlates with Isaiah in the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Don't stay locked in. In this new year of 2024, God is inviting us to, not, to no longer be locked into old assumptions about life or the Bible or one another, about our jobs, our career, or anything. Don't get locked in. Don't make those assumptions. He's making all things new. Now this renewal is not just a restoration of what was, but an elevation to what actually began at creation, heaven and earth being one. God's dwelling with humanity is a transformational event, one that redefines our very existence. It's a promise that he will be inseparably entwined with us, marking a new chapter in the story of creation. Yeah, but Jeff, if you knew what I'm going through, if you knew how hard it's been financially, Jeff, if you knew the sickness I was struggling with, I know, I know. And aren't those things distractions to what's being said here? Now, I'm not talking mind over matter. I'm not talking about just a positive attitude. I'm talking about a declaration that came from heaven from the throne that God is making all things new and he says, don't you focus on the negative. Do not any longer focus on those things which used to be. Don't be bound there for I have a new day for you. Now, how is this going to happen? How did it happen? How is it continuing to happen? How has he changed the entire universe? And keep in mind, that Hubble telescope when first launched had a broken mirror. All right? It had a broken lens. It wasn't functioning right. And it was returning blurry images. Is it possible that you have a blurry image of life because your primary mirror is broken? Is it possible that the way you've chosen to view life, the way you've chosen to view the Bible, the way you've chosen to view God has things in your life all blurry and messed up? 
I think, and I know, I know, in fact, <laughs> people don't write anymore. They just dis, what do, you, what do you call it when somebody turns you off of Facebook? Oh, unfriending. Yeah, see, see, now people don't write letters anymore. They just unfriend you. And for those who ever cared, you know, they kind of gave up a long time ago and said, ah, he's just deceived. He's, you know, <clears throat> he's fallen into deception and all of that great stuff. One of the most dangerous things you can do is give somebody who has a, a, a blurry, non-functioning mirror a Bible. It's one of the worst things you can do. They will become a religious zealot, oftentimes a religious zealot, believing and preaching things that they do not understand because their mirror needs to be adjusted. And thank God for the Holy Spirit who is on a mission to clean our mirrors and to get our primary mirror of how we, envision, how we visualize God and what we're seeing in the reflection when we look in the Bible. Whose reflection are we seeing? And he's cleaning off that mirror and he's getting it all corrected. And you know what we're going to find? Man, there's all kinds of fun things out there. Light years away, galaxies and stars and images that we never knew uh, about walking with God and enjoying his presence and and sure there's challenges here on this earth sure there's brokenness and sin but that does not identify me he has said all things are new now how is that possible in light of your life and your circumstances that you're living right now how is that possible you got to ask yourself well maybe my mirror's messed up look at somebody poke them say your mirror's messed up go ahead just do it your mirror's messed up <laughs> Your mirror's messed up. <laughs> Somebody said, I don't look in the mirror very often. <laughs> so how did this happen? This glorious announcement, this declaration from the throne that he's made all things new, he's, he's joined heaven and earth, all right? How did this happen? Second Corinthians, in that letter to a church, Paul writes this, starting in verse, chapter 5, verse 15. Now, if all were included in his death they were equally included in his resurrection. This unveiling of his love redefines human life. Whatever reference we could have of ourselves outside of our association with Christ is no longer relevant, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, I no longer know anyone, say anyone, according to the flesh, right this earth suit that we're living in I no longer see people from a human point of view so he's contrasting now there's a human way of looking at things with a smeared mirror a messed up mirror and then there's going to be a way he wants you to view life and view others 
that's redeemed and actually causes heaven to come to earth in your life. No label that could possibly previously identify someone carries any further significance. Even our pet doctrines of Christ are redefined. Whatever we knew about him historically or sentimentally is challenged by this conclusion. You see, Paul realizes that Jesus' redemption in each person ends all other ways of thinking or judging other people. What Jesus did when he came and he died and he was buried and he was resurrected changed forever what's inside of every human being and he says all right that neighbor across the fence that co-worker you work with that's so difficult you see them coming down the hall you go the other way you see them at the lunch table all of a sudden you go have lunch in the car or whatever circumstances we're dealing with I'm dealing with a degenerative disc in my L1-S5. I've been in PT for over 15 months. I've decided I'm going to go have surgery. Now, how can that all be going on in a vibrant Christian who loves God with all of his heart and even believes that Jesus is our healer, that we should pray for people to be healed? How do I pray for you to be healed when I'm dealing with a degenerative disc and headed for surgery? God invites us not to look at the things that we can see but the things that are out there that we can't see here's what I know that if I do wind up he could still do the miracle before I actually wind up on the table being cut open yeah right there could be a miracle there could be an intervention but what if that doesn't happen and the surgeon is there cutting me open well God's going to be with the surgeon God's going to guide his hand. My, my surgery is going to go better than ever. All of that. Why? Because I just have that relationship with the Father that says, you know what? He saw this coming from eons past. And if he can do all of this with creation and the universe, and we're just now beginning to find it out through a telescope, think of what God can do in your life when you just place your life in his hands and say effectively in so many words I give up I'm going to stop trying to run it myself I give up see this was Paul's metanoia moment that's a Greek word it's derived from two Greek words meta meaning together with and noia meaning to perceive with your mind or to perceive with your mind to be together with perceiving in your thought life metanoia signifies the awakening of the mind to truth a realignment of one's reasoning a gathering of your very thoughts and a shared understanding now some say largely in the evangelical west church that metanoia should be translated repentance and so to repent you need to feel sorry feel ashamed go to church tell God you're sorry for your sins shake the preacher's hand and make a new commitment to Jesus and none of that is the definition of the Greek word metanoia 
Metanoia, again, is an awakening to the truth, a realignment of my reasoning, a gathering of my thoughts and focusing them on His eternity, what He looks like, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why our artwork for this series has butterflies in it. What happens to the worm who spins a cocoon and closes himself off and it appears to be he's dead. How many of you are closed off? How many of you have been in a cocoon? How many of you are thinking that your life is sort of dead and ugly and just smeared with mud and not much chance? I'm here to tell you that inside of your cocoon inside of your life, inside of your heart, inside of your mind, and he's already done it, is a beautiful butterfly. And that's the word for transformed here. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word is metamorpho, to transform like a butterfly. You are going to come out of your cocoon in 2024. We are going to declare that I am no longer bound by assumptions that I made about God, about other people, about my career, about my finances, I am not going to be bound by those things. He's making and has made all things new, and I'm part of that. Now, where did it start? What does the, what does the Scripture say? Now, if we were included in his death, we're included in his resurrection, verse 15, that we read a moment ago. This is the unveiling of his love that defines human life. Now, watch this. We're going to go to verse 17 here. Before you put it up, Jeff, I want to make a statement. This is from my friend Francois Dutrois, and I've met Francois and uh, he's a tremendous guy. He was in one of our meetings together that we have in California annually, and he came in via Zoom. He's, he's an Australian. Uh, no, South African. Does he live in South Africa or Australia? Okay, and so he's written a translation of the Bible called the Mirror Translation. He made a statement regarding this verse that I'm about to read to you. Faith, listen, faith is not a decision. It's a discovery. You say, how can I be better? Stop trying. How can I get these bills paid? Stop trying. How can I be more like Jesus and stop doing this unpleasant thing, this sin, this thing I know God's not pleased? Stop trying. It's already in you like the butterfly. You say, well, this doesn't, just doesn't make sense. I know it's blurry, right? Because your primary mirror is messed up. You've gotten launched out into this thing called Christianity and reading the Bible and going to church and loving Jesus and you're supposed to love people and all of this. And men, the mirror's blurry. It's messed up for a lot of us. And he says, that's because of do-it-yourself religion. Faith is not merely a decision we make. It is a discovery we encounter. It's not about choosing a path, but about uncovering the truth that has always already been woven into the fabric of our being. 
We are created for communion with God. We are already one with him. Here's the verse, verse 17 of our text. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's on the screen. Now, in the light of your co-inclusion in his death and resurrection. See, you were there. When he died, you died. When he rose from the dead, you rose from the dead. Whoever you thought you were before, in Christ you are a brand new person. The old ways, watch, the old ways of seeing yourself and everyone else are over. Say it. I'll lead you in it. You say it after me. The old ways of seeing myself and everyone else are over. Would you say it again with me? This is our declaration this morning. Say it after me. The old ways of seeing myself, go ahead, and everyone else are over. He says, acquaint yourself with the new. See, in Christ, distinctions like Jew or Greek, slave or free, all of that has ceased. All such identities were transcended through the death of Christ. Francois says in the notes to this verse, the if in this verse, if anyone is in Christ, is not a condition. It's a conclusion of the revelation of the gospel. So most translations of verse 17 read this way. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are new. Old things have passed away. But see, they read that and people read that and teach that as a condition. If you're in Christ. So if you're not, but it's not a condition. It's a conclusion. And how do I know that? Because the verses in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, leading up to 17, give context to verse 17. We've viewed verse 17 on its own, and we've interpreted the if as a condition. But Paul didn't say, if anyone is in Christ. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Therefore means Go look at what's before. Therefore, what he said in verses 14 through 16, therefore, you are in Christ. That's a conclusion. And all things have been made new. Those verses read this way. Jeff, could we throw those up? For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then he'd all died. And if all died, then those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we don't know him that way any longer. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, that's a conclusion. Because all have died. All have been raised again. We were co-included. I love Francois' comment here. And again, I'll quote. It'll be on the screen here. Jesus did not reveal a potential you. He revealed the truth about you so that you may know the truth about yourself and be free. 
in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God did not redeem a compromised replica of you. He rescued the original blueprint you, created in his radiant mirror likeness. Any other self that you're trying to find or esteem will disappoint. Reckon your do-it-yourself law of work self dead and your redeemed self co-raised, co-seated together with Christ. This is freedom. Do you see why I would bring a message like this at the beginning of 2024? I'm tired of looking through a non-functioning blurry lens at life. Aren't you? Aren't you tired of viewing life through a messed up lens? And, and could it be that like with the Hubble telescope, they knew, they knew it should be producing amazing pictures. They knew. And they spent three years correcting it. I didn't read how they tried to correct it. Did they send somebody up there? What did they, did they send somebody up there with a Kleenex and wipe off the lens? I don't know. I'm not a very smart guy. I don't know these things, but I can read. And, but man, when they fixed that thing, you saw the images. Isn't that amazing? And it's changed our total assumption of what we thought we knew about the universe. <laughs> is it possible that what I think is going on with my degenerative disc is about that much of what God really wants to show me and tell me about? Is it possible that what's going on with your job and your finances is like maybe that much of what God has that he could say to you if you started to change how you're viewing life and started accepting that all things have been made new. I'll end with this. He became human that we might discover our mirror likeness with his exact nature and being freed from the limitations of human thinking and self-effort.